he mistook me for my mother, so I used the knife to show him the difference. My name is Matthew Kroll. And time doesn't matter when you're in love. My name is Shahir Dow. And this is the only podcast about movies. Specifically? Cold War. Cold War. <laughs> is it cold? No, it is cold right now. Yeah, yeah. it's cold. I it, mean, But it's not like it was real cold. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, just kidding, winter's over, but then it's going to trick us again so we get sick. You, some would argue that the, that the war is just a metaphor. And uh, the Cold War is the what is it? I mean, look, okay, no, I was trying to. I know what a Cold War is in principle, uh-huh. but it's it's basically a war of politics, where a war of politics and economics, right? Yes, where there is no shots fired. Yes. Um. So could could the metaphor be that the Cold War is between you and me, uh, where there are no shots fired, but we're we're trying to get we have shots fired, or or we're trying to get into or the war is that we're secretly in love. I mean, I guess... Every episode is basically us just professing our love to each other. It's just an opportunity to spend time with each other. I don't know. I mean, all of those things are possible. Uh, But it did get me honestly thinking about the definition of Cold War versus this film. And 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 even before before we even get into anything, before we do anything forward, do you think what what do you think the the film's title "Cold War" in the context of this film is about? And we actually, you know, what, let's not answer that right now. But I want us to think about that question okay. until the end because I think that's uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. I was shocked after seeing the film that the film's name was "Cold War," and after I don't seeing the film, yeah. Not before you, you say so you didn't know the title before you saw it. No, no, I knew the title <laughs> before I saw it. I'm saying I, I watched the movie. I'm like, huh? I wonder why they named it Cold War. Hmm. What I mean, other than the fact that it took place in Poland, uh, you know, post World War II, and the Soviet bloc was was falling apart, and then it's about these two people who are kind of at odds with each other despite being in love with each other. Yeah, but None that's that... not what the Cold War was. Right, but. Can the Cold War mean multiple things? That's, well, let's like, let's talk about it. Let's yeah. get into it because I I have theories, but at the same time, I wanted to hear what you had to th- uh, say about it. And also, I don't know. It was just it was uh it was not based on the title. It was not the. I went in blind. I didn't see the trailer. Right. Uh, I is that a good experience for you? It's fine. Yeah. I have no I have no qualm one way or the other. Right. Um, but it just it just uh it didn't strike me as like and I was like oh then what would I name it and I couldn't think of anything better so anyway uh yeah we are we are we are we've rounded out our best picture uh, list last week and at this point do, have the Oscars happened when this is going on we are recording this prior to the Oscars but the Oscars have happened by the time you're listening oh to oh my god I can't believe Black Panther won oh uh, I can't believe Roma was knocked out by Black Panther that's just the that's the biggest upset of the year uh, and, uh, unless, unless it happened the other, the way, other around. way around or and Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody. won and <laughs> yes. and we are now in the official worst timeline. Yes, Bohemian Rhapsody uh, it, it would would complete the the reality bending nightmare that is uh, 2018 ish. Email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod to tell us whether we are in the worst timeline or not because I feel like I. I feel like it's entirely possible that we are in the worst time. I, gee, what would give you that possibility in your mind? No, well, in movie-wise as well. If Bohemian Rhapsody wins, that, or if Bohemian Rhapsody won, should I say. Yeah, when Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody won. won <laughs> that is the worst timeline. Well, uh, we that, that's the worst timeline. That's worse than Crash, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Crash, but I could, I could, yeah. I could do that. I didn't. I actually didn't even hate Crash that much. Right. I just, yeah, it's just it was like the weakest movie of that bunch. Yeah, but this, but Bohemian Rhapsody is a 
bad movie. No, right. you know, I'm, <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, this was an interesting one because uh, I had seen Pavel Pawlowski's last film, Ida, which is just absolutely gorgeous. I uh, That's a movie I went into absolutely blind. I just heard kind of good things in, uh, about it, but walked into a theater and said, and what's funny is I took two friends of mine who I know would not like that kind of movie, but I was like, but I was like, look, but you play. said, fuck them. I said, fuck them. <laughs> I'm doing this anyway. Uh, I don't care if we're not friends after this. But uh, but I took him. I, I was like, look, I've just heard good things about this movie. I don't know much about it. Do you guys want to go check it out? It's a Polish movie, and they were game and they loved it. And it was real. I was I was I was very surprised because I it, uh, Ida was genuinely one of my favorite films that came out that year. I think it was 2016, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 2014. It might have even been earlier than that. Could have been. Uh, uh, but it's an ab- I, not only one of the most singularly beautiful films I've ever seen uh, photographed, um, but just a, a, a stunning, stunning uh, display of directorial control. Mm. Um, so I, I, I was like, uh, when I heard Pawlowski had a new film coming out, I was very excited about that, and obviously one that has received as much accolades as this. Um, few listeners on our top ten list listed as their... Uh, very highly, I think uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone had it as their number two film. It appears on a number of uh, top ten lists this year. And the other reason I was excited about doing it was that you said something that I thought was interesting, which is that uh, you, you we've talked about your uh, your heritage on this podcast a little bit, or my lack thereof. But you have heritage. The you, lack you, of you embraced, that, embraced. Yeah, you just don't know what it is. Familially embraced heritage, mm. I do not. Mm. Like, there, obviously, if I want it, th- this is where the concept of heritage, and it's because of how I was brought up. Right. Uh, it, 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 it confuses me slightly. Okay. <laughs> because I, I, I never actively was engaged with one, and therefore. It almost feels so. Whenever I, because I, I am a mutt for lack of a better term. I have all sorts of different uh, peoples making up my DNA. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the one of the majorities, and that would be around twenty five percent of me, mm-hmm. is Polish. You've done a twenty three and me. Uh, I've done. I looked at my family history going back a little bit, and I sort of did the the baseline math of that. Unless people are lying, but uh, by I, the way, I, don't do a twenty three and me. No, because then the then they got yeah, then they got your details. Yeah. Uh, then they can they can repet you. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> do you know that reference? I don't know what repet means. Uh, <laughs> there was a film called The Sixth Day, starring Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I remember that film. And it's about cloning, but the cloning had become so prevalent you you weren't supposed to clone humans, but you could clone. Pets. Pets, and there was a, literally a kiosk at malls called Repet, and you could just bring your pet in to be cloned. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I don't remember that. I remember the film, and I remember the, the poster for it. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't mind Six Day, although I haven't watched it in years. Maybe it's really not aged well. Regardless, um, <laughs> what's better than one Arnold Schwarzenegger? Two Arnold Schwarzeneggers. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a Polish heritage. Well, thank you. I was completely lost. Yeah. Um, but I I find the idea of heritage interesting and confusing because at this point in my life, it's like that meme of uh, Andy from <laughs> from Parks and Rec being like, I don't quite understand uh, heritage, you, you and at this point I'm, I'm too, too afraid, afraid to ask, ask. Yeah. because I'm 36 years old. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it would be disingenuous for me to be like, 
well, now I'm going to dive deep into my Polish heritage because my entire life has had nothing to do with my Polish heritage. Well, that's, that, that's interesting because the director of this film, Paweł Pawlowski, grew up in Poland uh, up until the age of 12 and then was and then his family moved him to the UK and he basically grew up... I mean, he's 61 years old right now. Yeah. Uh, and the last two films he's made have been in Poland. But his, and, and, and he basically made those films to reconnect with, the, with his heritage because he, di- he felt like he didn't know a lot But also it. even this film was mm-hmm. dedicated and, and uh, inspired by his parents. Not yeah. that this was their story, yeah. but um, but that 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 to me says mm. that his parents probably were. I mean, I'm I'm mm. literally guessing, but mm. it seems as though his parents were deep into their own heritage, and maybe he didn't quite engage with it enough. But they was still present in his life, especially mm. when you move to another place when you're 12. You mm. want to acclimate and be with whatever the the happening cool whatever. Mm. You want to feel as normal as possible when you're a 12 year old. Uh, so I mean that that literally is what how my life played out, which is that I was moved from country to country at the age of uh, 10 to 12. And how, I mean, this is I guess we've no no because I think that's relevant to the conversation I know. about I, I, this I was going yeah. to ask you the sort of a, a similar question. Well, I'll, I'll finish my thought and then I'll just get into that. Mm. So I was very... Uh, whenever something is distinctly Polish, especially in the last couple years, yeah. uh, because literally the, the one connection I've had to my heritage previously before adulthood or before I was ever sort of thinking about it was literally Polish jokes, like Polish stupid jokes, right. like the submarine screen doors or solar-powered flashlights. Like <laughs> right, that was yeah. my growing up and yeah. I was like, cool. Like, because they're... Yeah, they're offensive, but they're in on the on the litany of racially intolerant things. Uh, mm. I would say they're pretty low on the list, I, I, unless you're Polish, maybe. But I am. I literally. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. the um, and and so whenever something comes out, uh, when I'm feeling the tinge, I was like, let's see if I can if I can find something deeply relatable in the inner workings of my soul and my heritage. And so I was I was very happy to uh, to take a look at this film. I, I think that and the reason I brought up Pawel Pawlowski's um, uh, reunification with Poland, I guess, or you know, coming back to Poland, is that you said you didn't you thought it'd be disingenuous at 36 to do it. I'm saying he did it at, at an older age and. And and I, I don't think it's ever too late is basically no, what I'm saying. No, no, but I do think there's a difference. Again, I, I, from this film, and we'll yeah. get into why, I think his family was probably still fairly um, involved in their own fam- familial heritage, where right. mine was not. He's he's reconnecting to right. Poland. But, but you could through, still do that. But, but I have no connection i have i have no emotional tie whatsoever it's literally just biological i i think i i do think uh because this has happened to me um which is that again i was born in fiji moved to australia then new zealand um and i am of indian heritage yeah um and i don't know a lot about my indian heritage but it's come the reason it's come up for me is that now i have an indian baby (laughs) um and 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 i'm and i think a lot more about the play now and this is uh, I think this is an interesting side story, and it will connect with Cold War in some way. I but, believe in you, but but there's an interesting thing that we dis- that my wife and I discovered, which is that because um, we both met in New Zealand, right in Wellington, but when we visited India for the first time, we visited the village that my that my dad came from, and we visited the village that Shivali's mom came from. Okay, those villages are 20 minutes apart from each other, so think about it this way. Two families who live 20 minutes apart from each other in India migrated all the way across the planet, um, one to New Zealand, one to Fiji, and their children, the children of those two people met 
in Wellington in in New Zealand and connected again almost as though the 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 link between those two villages you know was somehow connected in some way I I just thought that was a really fascinating thing to find out that 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 we are the the place even though our meeting our meeting felt very happenstance and just by chance the places that we came from happened to be very close together and I wonder yeah. I mean on, on the mm -hmm. When when I hear that story and you've told me that story, I, I believe before, it is like a holy shit, like what? Yeah. And, but then I wonder too, because like if you look at the cold math of it, you're like that. The probability of that is insane. The of it happening. Of it happening. Yeah. But then I'm like I'm trying to think of like okay, what factors aren't we looking at? Like from again, you know me and my my penchant for numbers. Yeah. But like what for instance? Okay, so you both. From 20 minutes away, that's still no. I, I was trying to be like, oh well, maybe because you had uh, similar heritage or like anything like that. Like you, that's sort of what brought you forward towards There's, each other. But it's not. That's not even remotely. That doesn't matter in the in the macro of it because I there's, mean, there's it a, is a big place. There's a great book that has been entirely debunked. It's an anthropology 101 text, uh, and I've never studied anthropology. I just picked up this book and read it because I heard about it. Uh, it's by Napoleon Chag Chagnon, uh, and it's called the the Yamanano Tribe. And it's uh, it's a book about uh, uh, a Central American tribe that has almost been untouched by uh, Western civilization. And uh, this this uh, anthropologist and Napoleon Chagnon uh, went there and studied the people. And mm. basically, he determined that that the conflicts that this tribe has today, he can he could um, trace the origin of those conflicts down through the lineage where people were having fights today where they didn't realize it, but their ancestors were having the same fights uh, over you know usually over different things, but 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 there sure, was this sure, 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 sure. and the 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 idea that he posited is that that lineage plays a long line into the way we are today, even if we don't realize it. Uh, I think the study has been entirely debunked, and Napoleon Chagnon, uh, Champagnon, I can't even pronounce his last name, uh, has been, you, you know, the idea is kind of just one of those, like, interesting ideas, like yeah. Freud, but not necessarily accurate. Not correct. But I think, it, I think it's an interesting thing. And the reason why it's interesting is the, is the, is the formation of this film. Is is that it is based on the parentage of Pavel Pawlowski, but in, yeah, inspired by inspired that, yeah. by, but 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 takes an entirely uh, different tact on it and, and shifts it back like, uh, a few years as well. But but the idea here is that Pawlowski is looking at his parents' history, which he described as a complete as complete chaos. Like they 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 split up, reunited, split up, reunited, split up, reunited. He said something and, along the lines of they were both wonderful people, but as a couple, it was a never ending disaster. Yeah, I believe. Never-ending disaster, um, which I think is really fascinating because then he takes that and reinterprets it, and in a way gives it an ending, or gives it a gives it a through line, which is not the real through line, but in a way more connected to who he wants to be now. I think, or who, well, yeah, yeah who yeah. he can be, yeah, who, uh, yeah. Um, and so, with that in mind, I mean, what is Cold War about? Cold War. Here we go. Do, 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 do. In the 1950s, a music director falls in love with a singer and tries to persuade her to flee communist Poland for France. For, for France. For France. For France. Vive la France. <laughs> um, I'm very... I mean, I have thoughts about this film. Uh, I've seen it twice. I went to the movies to see it. Um, this would have been one that I would have liked to have seen in the theater. Yeah, I, um, having seen Ida in the theater, oh, uh, I just knew that I wanted to see this on a big screen. Yeah. I will admit, though, 
Uh, I went with a uh, with a good friend of mine who I'm hoping will be on the show at some point, Zach. Um, Hi, Zach. Uh, and and we went out for ramen beforehand. Oh, you lucky sons and of bitches. And I had been dreaming, this is the side stories, I had been dreaming about ramen for like three or four weeks or something so like good. that. And so I had ramen and it, and it put me to sleep. And so when I watched the movie, I'm not literally to sleep, oh. but I think my senses were all dull <laughs> because I was so loaded on ramen. The sodium, uh, the sodium coma. So I'm glad I got to see it a second time because I felt like the f- the first time I watched it, I I was in a ramen haze <laughs> and I was kind of like, I was just letting the film kind of happen, uh, you know, uh-huh. like as opposed to like really engaging with it, critical eyeing it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I'm curious because of that question that you asked last week uh, or a couple of weeks ago now about your Polish heritage. What what how you felt about the film? Um, seeing it for the first time. Here's the deal. <sighs> this is terrible. Uh, first and foremost, straight up, I really enjoyed this film. Okay. Um, but I did not have a connection. I, d- I did not have a uh, a meaningful, oh my God moment with my heritage from it at all. Okay. Even um, even the music? No. I'm, I'm too far away from it. Because like I was... Because I, I, I had a meaningful connection with the music in this movie. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really. Uh, not that it was bad. It yeah. served the exact narrative yeah. purpose it was supposed to for me. Um, and and then of course when <laughs> Stalin comes and mucks it up. Yeah. But uh, the like maybe I just need to. You know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Right. I don't think there's ever going to be one film that sparks me to be like, yes, I need to deep dive into where I where where I biologically came from. Right. I think what needs to happen is the same thing with any form of interest, and that is, if you want to be interested in something, you submerge yourself in it, mm-hmm. uh, and you will agree- You will eventually become attuned to it, and you will eventually become uh, it, it will become an interest if you if you kind of want it to, for the lack of a better term. Right. Um. So that might have to be the, the 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 path I take because I think this this weird little narrative I've built in my head I'll be like oh maybe this will be the the film that connects me to my people uh, I don't think that's actually going to happen for me I have seen a number of Polish films but mainly the kind of the big names so Krzysztof Kozlowski's uh, short uh, you know the Decalogue and uh, his short film which I think is from the Decalogue short film about killing and a short film about love. Uh, and I've seen Andrew Vaj's film, a couple of his, and then Roman Polanski obviously started in Poland, um, so knife in the water and those things. But that I, I think that's a very tertiary glance at Polish cinema history. Yeah. Um, the thing that I think is interesting there is that, and I just remember this from a, a short film about killing, which has these like long shots of a person walking uh, through the Polish countryside, kind of like almost. Uh, weighed down by the Polish countryside is that it is a it is a place that is that feels at least in the cinema I've seen that that feels like it is weighed down by history. Oh yeah, you know, like and I think this is a film that kind of uh, that 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 does that as well. I mean, I don't mean to like that entirely determine exactly how Polish history or Polish cinema works, but but it it's it is colorless in an interesting way. Um, and, and it is dreary in an interesting way, uh, which makes it difficult 
to absorb into it. It's not like my heritage, which is Hindi Bollywood cinema, which is so colorful and lively. And, you know, like I can kind of like absorb, you know, like Polish cinema is like, I got to I got to be in it. Poland is history's stomping ground. Like, I mean, a lot a lot of great things have happened in Poland. uh, But then, you know, obviously you can't not you can't like World War Two is obviously the the big one and the most recent Mm -hmm. sort of like. Kick to the country's uh, uh, crotch area. Nuts. Yeah, um, <laughs> Polish nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, you you can look at history going even back for like it's just it's been a place of I think based on location mm. uh, of constant um, turnover. Let's say for a light uh, yeah. word, political political term. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the cinema, this film definitely has a vibe of that. Um. Uh, okay, but, but but so 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 I didn't get what I do like what I liked about it. But again, I didn't have like a, a come to Poland moment, uh, for lack of a better term. Fair, um, fair enough. Uh, was the idea that in the wake of World War II, to try to reinvigorate people thinking about Poland as th- as something other than uh, friggin' <laughs> Hitler's uh, uh, backyard, yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, they were going to go to the local villages and pick out the best uh, singers and performers and do a traveling show around Poland and hopefully the rest of Europe to show like, hey, we are you know uh, uh, interesting and uh, wonderful people that has a lot to offer on the global stage and here's uh, uh, pieces of our art, right? Yeah. I think that concept is wonderful. Right. I, I that the concept of that moved me, but again, I I had I have no connection to Poland and therefore I didn't like I wasn't like nationally proud or or, or genetically proud like mm. it just it was a nice thing that I think would be great anywhere yeah. and I I don't think like if this was set uh uh a different country uh, mm. uh, that after a, a horrible occurrence was doing the same thing I would have had the same feels had I had no genetic lineage to that place right um but I, th- I, I thought that wh- – you know what I loved about this? This is sort of more in a filmmaking uh, standpoint. I didn't really know what this film was about going into it. Yeah. And I loved the adventure of watching them go from village to village and then the songs and then <laughs> figuring out. I'm like, oh, this is Poland's Got Talent. <laughs> like I was like, this is – this is. Uh... I will say that this film feels like to me like the Polish star is born. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Yeah. Um, I think the extraordinary thing there was seeing the songs transform from the countryside into uh, into this performance. And I like the thing that was there was like when you hear the the Polish peasants and you know they're looking for peasant style. So you know, yeah, uh, the the narrative trajectory is that um, uh, Victor, Victor uh, it's, it's, so I've been dealing with Polish, with a w, yeah. but it is and it isn't. Yeah, it's Victor. Yeah, and it's the same with pa- Pavel Pavlovsky, yeah. which has got a W in it, but you pronounce it as a V. I yeah. think. Um, but it, like it's kind of a combo of a W and a V. It's it's weird. Yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's an English po- connotation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that Vict- Victor, Victor is a, is part of a uh, I guess attempting to reconnect a cultural heritage to the population by finding you know, and they're very specific about it. They want to find peasant music, and when you hear it at the beginning, it's got this sort of like. Uh, sort of joint, you know, like uh, jaunty sort of tone to it, where it's you know like men singing about like opening the door and that sort of thing. Uh, but then you see it transform through through Victor's um, through Victor's art and his piano playing, and it becomes and 
gorgeous. Like, like the first time I heard them actually perform the song, I think it's called Dwa Serduska, Two Hearts. The first time I heard that, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. This is, you know, like just that, 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 that repeated uh, tone, the oh, yo, yo. Yeah. I like, and the way it kind of transformed, like the way they took it from the peasant sound into this. Listen, man, you, you get the right producer. Yeah. Anything is possible. But it was like, I, I guess, you know, when they were doing the auditions and there's this sort of, um, there's a way that the Polish singing goes where it sounds very shouty. Yes. This is, yes. This is explaining a lot about you, by the way, right now. What? <laughs> um, it sounds very shouty and loud. <laughs> I think we've just made we've we've broken. Is this first. my first connection? Yeah. Is this, this is my first connection to yeah. my Polish heritage? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, like it's got this sort of yelling intonation to it, and then and then it's when you hear <laughs> Zula do it for the first time, where it has this sort of. But she sings the, a Russian song. Does she sing a Russian song? So she oh, sings yes, a song from the Russian, Russian cinema. Russian cinema. Yeah. And it's also that she... Uh, she's she, also not a peasant? Yeah, she's not a peasant. She's kind of like... She's kind of doing somewhat of a... She's running a grift. We yeah. don't quite know what. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when she sings for the first time, and then when she, you know, when she sings on stage for the first time, you, it's amazing to see that transformation of seeing something that goes from like the songs people sing on the street to the songs that you sing to others... And it becomes this beautiful thing, and I and and you know like there's a the character later uh, I think his name's Karzer. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher names this whole episode. That's okay. So get used to it. Um, Again, you I I won't do it better. These are yeah, my people. Kazmarak yeah. uh, says uh, says this was the most beautiful night of my life. Uh, this is the you know you're a genius. I was like I was you know and it's that incredible shot against the mirror. I was I was a hundred percent on board for that. I was like yeah. That was what you just did with those peasant songs and turning it into what you did. You kind of are a genius. That is pretty amazing. And I, I, I don't know. There's something about in me. Maybe my 23 and me has got a little bit of Polish in it or something. But I, I kind of felt my heart soar a little bit when I, when I heard that song for the first time. Here's the thing. It has nothing to do with genetics. <laughs> it has to do with empathy and understanding of, a, of especially. And I, to be honest, this is why I think it really soared for you. Uh, you are an artist, yeah. and you the the idea of something beautiful being created by someone else, even a character whom you seem to, if not even like, just sort of like you you always like that feeling, and you'd like it in someone else because you could sort of use it in you your hope. own. Yeah. You hope, yeah. yeah. So, like, I would argue that the genetics of your artistic endeavors is what pulled you in that direction. Yeah. Oh, actually, and I will say just a little backstory. I, I'm reading a book called uh, The Joke by Milan Kandura, which is about uh, a Czechoslovakian person who's ex exiled from uh, from the Communist Party, and he and it's, there's a lot in that book about um, uh, Moravian music. Which I think is the the cult the similar cultural heritage to the Polish music that's in here. So I I, I think I was kind of like prime because I was reading a lot about I see, it. I see. But but I just there was something about seeing her perform and seeing the dance, and it was all coming together. And I was like, oh man, I'm in this. I want to go see some more Polish music, like you know, po Polish folk songs being performed because it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary. I think so. So. Even getting a little bit, we, we, we jumped over sort of a major part, uh, yeah. and that is uh, Victor and uh, Zula. Zula have a bit of a, an affair. Uh, but it, so so here's the thing. This is what I didn't understand because mm. I don't I don't understand the time period of the culture of the mm. of what that this is set in. Yeah. So I made a joke how it's Poland's Got Talent, but then it kind of becomes Poland's Got Talent summer camp edition, right? Like yeah. the, all the peasants move into this building and they're going to practice, 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 and then they're going to go on tour. Mm -hmm. Um. And 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 uh, in this case, Wick, there's sort of a teacher 
or, or, or he's a producer. Composer. He's yeah. a composer. Yeah. Uh, at, what What is the age difference between Victor and Zula? I, I don't even. Are they similar in age? No, I, I believe he's older. I know that, but like, like I don't know. Again, he looks older. Yeah. He, he looks more withered and older. So they have their sort of like a bit of a of a secret, not so secret affair. Yeah. Uh, which I guess it's not an affair because neither of them are with someone else at this point. Yeah. But they, they form a relationship. Yeah. And even to the point where uh, one of his other, uh, his recordist, I don't know the woman's name who is the, the character. Um, who, who I, I believe it's Irina, but... Uh, that, oh, yeah, it is Irina. Yeah. Um, who is going around the countryside with him finding these these yeah. these singers. Uh, there's a moment after their first performance, and like she kind of hits on him, and he's like, "We can nah. have our own fun." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he sticks around because I mean, she even called out why he wanted her there to begin with. Yeah, uh, it's it's very clear when she comes in the room as well, and the way he like asks her, you know, to like perform another song that he likes her. I also there's something about her i mean uh joanna kulig who plays her i think uh, i read somewhere that she is actually a very famous uh polish actress yeah. um and Kotz is a uh, is a uh, his performance i thought was great too he uh funny side story about him is that he might be the reason why danny boyle left the james bond franchise which is that uh danny boyle w- w- it's all speculation at this point but danny boyle really wanted thomas cott to play the villain and daniel craig didn't um and they they kind of they fell out over his casting. Huh. Uh, he's got I, a Bond villain to him. He's got a Bond villain to him. I, I think he's you know devastatingly handsome, uh, and sort of that has that mournful sort of soulful eye. Can rock any hairstyle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he looks good with no hair. Um, but but there's a thing when she comes in and she performs that you do see something in her. I think I saw something in her as well. Obviously, the film's kind of primed me to do that, but. W- like yeah, and you know what it was for me is when the uh, Irina says to her, you know, like okay, you know, like uh, perform another song for us, and Irina says, okay, that's enough, thank you, and she and she continues to sing, and she says, no, let me do the chorus, please, and then she continues to do the chorus, and she basically takes ownership of this of this moment to like say, no, I'm here, I'm gonna do my thing, whether you want me to or not. She's a grifter. Uh, and, and there's not now that the term grifter is uh, has many negative connotations. I think in the film they call her a con job because she's yeah. not who she seems yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm just using uh, yeah. another word for it. Because grifter to me connotates someone who like steals. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> grift running a grift is mm. sort of like just it, it, you could be stealing, but it could also just be like uh, actively and consistently lying. <laughs> uh, it, it, we can look it up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the, she, as a con job, uh, the... She, a person I, who engages in pity or small-scale swindling. Yeah. So then you gotta look at what swindling is. Mm. Is swindling always something with goods and services? I don't know. But the, she... That that's her interesting thing to me. She seems slightly dangerous. She seems slightly like not everything is what she sees. Then there's rumors from even my quote in the beginning that she killed her father. And then that's she, not a rumor. She says that. Well, no, no. He he doesn't. He didn't die. Who who said he didn't die? She did. Because mm-hmm. the rumor is she killed her father and da 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 da. And then when he Vic, uh, Victor confronts her about it, uh, in the, I forget if it's in the field or somewhere else. Um, She's like, yeah, I, I did the quote I said, you know, yeah. my, he confused me with my mother, so I, 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 I taught the difference. But did she say he didn't and die? Then, and then she goes, don't worry, he didn't die. Right. 
But she still attacked her dad, right? Yeah, like, oh like, yeah, so she the, stabbed so her did, father. Like, so it but, did like, happen. But so then, and it's interesting because even later on in the film, uh, Victor, you mm-hmm. later on sort of uses these rumors of her to uh, right. to sell her image even further. Yeah, uh, in a way that was not, I don't think, cool. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get there. I, so let's just real quick the relationship. I, I I I was searching for how appropriate it was. I don't know if there is an answer for that because I'm oh, not with familiar the, with illicit with the structure of their program. Like if she was, you know, however, whatever, you know, I, I just I don't know. I think I think uh, you know 1949, which is where the film begins, and I think the the affair begins in 1953 or something like that, or 52. Um, you know, was probably a more chaste time, irrespective of the cultural import of 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 whether there was the, an appropriation of this relationship. Like, you know, 1949 felt more chaste than it is today, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, there, there's a there's a thing that I think you're pointing to, which is which is where the film kind of didn't work for me, which is that despite being kind of despite. Uh, Despite the film having high stakes in terms of what this relationship means, you know, like traveling back and forth between these two countries, defecting yeah. away from these countries, um, you know, in a way, life or death, you know, in, in war-torn Poland, you know, going back to Warsaw where the, the Holocaust has happened, you know, yep. like, so the, 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 the sense of life or death. And we, and we just reviewed uh, the death of Stalin this year as well. So the, the idea that, like, defecting away from communism has a life or death stake. The relationship itself, while tumultuous... In the way that it's played out, doesn't necessarily feel life or death. Now, I'm there's a, there's a there's a secondary counterbalance to that, which is that there's a style thing that this film does, which is that it has these elliptical moments where we cut away for years at a time and we don't know exactly what's happened in those periods. Yeah, um, we still it still feels like the choices these people these this couple make are their choices. You know, like we, we oh, don't, yeah. you know, like so they're making choices about whether to be in love or whether to, to fall out of love. And I think that to me kind of lowers the stakes somewhat in terms of whether I want to see this relationship flourish or not. Oh, um, I would maybe mm. argue mm. the opposite. Okay. Um, maybe it's not the opposite. Maybe it's just sort of, uh, congenital or, 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 or something. The, the I liked that the the big stakes, mm. communism, the the remnants of the war, like all that stuff, uh, moving back and forth between Defecting, countries. Yeah. yeah, those were larger than life, a larger than life backdrop that not one person could fully understand really in the time period that they were living in their in their s- state or their, their where they were in in, in society. Um, and only we as an audience can sort of look at it from a of a bird's eye view. Yeah. Um, I really liked that as a backdrop, and I really liked how it focused down on these two characters. Now, you you, you used the term like the stakes didn't feel high. Uh, I think the backdrop, the, I think the stakes are high, but they don't feel high for these two characters, even though they are. I it's thought just, they it, felt high. I, I think I think something uh, this may might work into that. <laughs> Something I loved about this relationship past the maybe problematic uh, person in power who can give you a job getting in a relationship with you. 
sure. <laughs> um, if you get past that, mm-hmm. uh, we're far from the shallows now. Um, the the relationship that comes back and forth, even though it's tumultuous and they you know uh, have multiple ups and downs, felt entirely real and not movie real. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, that's true. It felt like. Uh, like these two characters felt human and that was I think what really took me about the entirety of this film and I don't know if every other character in this film does because they obviously don't get enough time Yeah. Uh, but these two characters felt like they could have just been two absolutely people that existed Um, I never felt like uh, anything was contrived Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the mechanic that you discussed about the film jumping actually really helps that and helps you sort of any problem you could find with that is easily sort of swept under the rug of oh well that's years like it doesn't like you, we're, our brain will fill in the gaps and, and then, I, I think it's a powerful tool I, as well. I think it's amazingly yeah. it's smart as fuck yeah. um and so because they felt real mm-hmm. i i felt that their journey and i guess for lack of a better term stakes felt incredibly high for me okay um i can see how with the backdrop of everything going on, depending on where uh, an audience member's focus lies, or if they have, if you, you know, I- I'm not incredibly well versed in the time period, so mm-hmm. I was able to sort of see it as the the minimalist stuff that I know from other films and documentaries and books that I've read as the backdrop, and then I was just like in it for the two of them, right? Um, and every time one of them did something shitty. Mm-hmm. I felt terrible, yeah. But it also felt like this feels like a very real thing that a, a that a person that's not shitty would do in a mm. shitty situation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it felt like they were they were flawed in all of the right ways. Yeah, the, the, their interaction. The you know the the I think the thing I think about is the pity jealousy that she has against the the poetress. You know that, <laughs> that, 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 that she calls it. She's got a nice back. A little uh, old for you, though. Yeah, right? exactly. And she has the you know she has the line that the, the poetress the the pendulum of time. Um, and you know, like it seems in the scheme of things, it seems pity, but I think it comes back to a thing that I think is interesting about Zula, which is that it has, you know, like we, we sort of said grifter con to begin with, but I think she's a survivor, right? Like she is, oh, yeah, she, you, she, she yeah. survived this, this, um, this, uh, you know, this hor- horrendous relationship with her father, and she is, she's basically put herself in this position for a better life, you know, to come, you know, to pretend that she's a villager. And, and I think what that, that survivor mentality does is that she is, you know, she is always protecting herself. And, and so yeah. we see in the, in the sort of context of her relationship, um, the decision not to defect with him to, to, um, I think it's to West Berlin or East Berlin. No, to Paris. Oh, East Berlin, then Paris. Yeah, to West or East. His, I think, his goal was to get... Because they're in Berlin and he defects... They're in East Berlin. He when, has to go to the West. He has to go to the West. Yeah, so he crosses that, over yeah. and, then, and then on to Paris. Um, the reason she doesn't go is that it's dangerous for her. You know, like she, she is reliant upon him and she's a survivor. So she chooses not to go because she... I, I think she chooses not to go because she feels like it's safer to be where she is right now. Uh, even though she kind of intimates 
that she would I mean, die. She would, you know, she would. Uh, she will be with you till the end of uh, till her death. Also, something that I really like about this is there is a youthfulness to her in the beginning that mm-hmm. then changes as she goes. Like, yeah. like she's saying all the things young people say. Yeah. But then I think to your point, she's a survivor. She's like, actually, I just did the math. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh shit. I wish it. Oh, I mean, she fuck. does. She does that contradiction at all times. Like she she says there's that beautiful scene on the, where they're in front of the the lake or the river. And she says, you know, like, I'll love you till the end of time, but I'm also ratting on you, um, which, you know, but then she's furious at him when he's furious at her. You know, there's, there's this sort of up down to this relationship. But I think it is, you know, like it is based on, you know, like he's got this romanticism about being in the West and yeah. being in Paris and making music. You know, what's, and she's a pragmatist. You know, what's interesting. I loved in that ratting out mm-hmm. scene at first. My mind obviously went to, oh, their salacious relationship is mm-hmm. what she's holding over his head in a weird way. But it wasn't. No, that wasn't the point. All all um, all um, uh, Charismatic Car- Car- wanted yeah. to uh, uh, Marek wanted was um, to know if he was leaning. Uh, yeah, what is the ideological point of view? Exactly, was? and I was like, whoa. See, and, and I mean, this uh, in the book I was reading uh, the joke that like that was the thing that jumped out at me the most is like how dangerous it is to not follow the party line. Well, yeah, I mean, it even goes back to they were having the meeting to get funding for their thing, and yeah. I thought this was hilarious and terrifying. Yeah. was like, oh, well, your show's great. And this is, I mean, <laughs> not to the scale of life or death as this yeah. sort of time period, but you and I have both been in meetings where it's like, we love everything you're doing. It's so cool, and it's great, and you're really changing the paradigm, and blah, 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 buzzwords, but we really need you to mention Doritos nine times. And you're like, <laughs> well, this is... Uh, a, a Grecian tragedy uh, put in the in the term of the Matrix or whatever you're doing with whatever you're doing, and they're like, yeah, well, no, we know it, we love it, but like Doritos would really. What if we just had the main character like eat Doritos like th- four times and only mention it one? And you're like, fuck up. That's what's happening. Is and it, it Irina is-, is the one who like really just rejects this outright, but Kazmarak. Uh, yeah. Kind of goes, yeah. He's no. like, no. Well, I think the people would sing about agriculture, and they kind of like Stalin. Yeah. So, like, and and they're farmers, so that makes it like basically making condolences, yeah. make making the Doritos a reality. And Victor, or is the one who kind of is issuing the silent protest. And I think Kazmarak uh, kind of sees that and goes, "How tied into the party line is this? Yeah, yeah is this guy?" Um, and I think I I think there's a the problem with Victor. Not the problem, but the problem with Victor in this relationship. <laughs> the problem with Victor in this relationship is there's a, he's got a romanticism about him, you know, like he and he has the privilege of being romantic. Oh yeah, he, he has, can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He literally walks, walks across the border. Yeah, he 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 has a a privileged romanticism <laughs> that he is able to to indulge. You know, he walks across the border after looking super shady with a suitcase for eight hours against the wall at the border. I love that cut, by the way. It was like it was like he, it's daytime. He's smoking a cigarette. Cut to uh, Zula at the bar, uh, at the bar dancing kind of thing. Cut back. He's still standing in the same spot, but it's nighttime. nighttime and he's like, "Well, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll stop being shady." <laughs> um, but you know, like he has this romanticism about it. But she is, and she's entirely pragmatic. You know, like she is the survivor, and she has to. You know, her choices are are much more consequential for her, and and I think that ultimately where the film ends up and i think i think for this film we should do spoilers pretty heavy from this point on i mean yeah we've been chatting for about 40 minutes yeah uh is that is that she's kind of right about it you know like she sees the the grander picture about what can go wrong if she goes and yet 
towards the back half of the film, she goes with him anyway. Yes and no. I think they both see things and they both miss things. I think, I, and that's another thing why I think their relationship works very well is their their uh, heights and their failings are kind of equal. Yeah. Um. They're they're different. Yeah. But I I I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't say with a straight face that like oh. Zula was correct more than Victor was, uh, or vice versa. Like it, it, there, it depends on when and where they're talking about and what's going on. Now, you could argue that Zola is way better at maneuvering in the system than Victor is. Yeah, uh, because obviously, by I just the think end, she's not as she's not a romantic about practicalities. Oh, oh I agree with that a hundred percent. But yeah. like, you have to look at like the the. All of the different pieces between how they maneuver through the world. Yeah, she grips or or tells she sort of falsifies her way to survive. Yeah, he uses his points of privilege to sort of move uh, un unfurled and can use that to the advantage or disadvantage of her. And then uh, you know until and both both methods, one way or another, catch up to them because while while she is never caught for grifting. She, by the end of the movie, has to do uh, uh, some pretty crazy stuff to save him. And while he listfully goes back and forth and kind of does whatever he wants, that that catches up to him when he finally chases her back to Poland because he's a deserter. Yeah. So it's it's funny because the the scene where he comes to visit her in Yugoslav, uh, you know, he comes to see the show in the Yugoslav, and. I think he just wanders in going, oh, nothing bad's going to happen. Uh-huh. You know? And, you know, I guess he's right. He's a citizen. He's a, pa- a Parisian citizen. His privilege is <laughs> all over that shit. But, but then, you know, and he, it's, I think that sequence is amazing where they're performing in the Yugoslav and, you know, Kar- Karmer, are oh, God. <laughs> Kazmarek? Kazmarek. Kazmarek kind of, you know, like says, oh, where are you sitting? Would you like to sit in the VIP booth? And he sits right in the middle so that she, I don't know if it's because she can see. Totally because she can see. And then when she sees him, I the, used to date an actress. I did that. The the look on her face, like the the how much it disrupts her, is kind of amazing, you know, because she is like she's giving this beautiful performance, and then she spots him, and and it's it's all over from that point. And then I love this moment where, uh, you know, he looks to his left, yeah. and he looks to his right, hey, and he's the like, the, the gig is up, and Warsaw is the Paris of the East. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, like he strolls into that situation unnecessarily. But the reason, you know, and he's a romantic about it, is that he his love for her is profoundly uh he needs her in a way that I don't think even he can explain. Like, cause he doesn't like ultimately he could just move his life on, you know, like Irina is kind of a bitter choice for him, oddly. The poet is the probably, probably a yeah. bitter choice for him. But like, there's a moment at the end when he's when he's been in prison for 15 years, his head is being shaved, and she, you know she comes over for you know like that sort of seemingly conjugal visit, um, and she did bring a tin of money. Yeah, she look you know the way he looks at her and in his performance is just this like, just this this sort of like fatalistic need. He just needs her, you know, and it's kind of incredible to like watch the 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 way that performance kind of tells that story you know like it's so tiny his glances are so small but he just needs her uh and and i think she needs him as well but she's she's more willing to reject him outright you know what i'm kind of seeing right now and i'll say this and maybe i'll back it off you yeah. tear this down if, if you can because i don't know if it's correct mm. uh this is 
the <laughs> the only acceptable version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl tale that I could actually think of at this point. So the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is the idealized version of a girl who is introverted, right? Well, sort so maybe it's the, this is the thing. It's the, it's a it's a quirky girl or a different girl that fixes a man's life right. uh, through interacting with it. Right. This is sort of it, it doesn't She fit. has an she has her entire I know she. Yeah. And she she has like obviously uh, pathos and 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 drive to this. But like for instance, this is what I. Let me rephrase then. This type of story is the type of story I want manic pixie dream girl stories to be. Right. Uh, and they're not. Right. Um, that's I think what I was sort of going for a little bit more. She has. They both have such agency, but in different ways that balances out. Yeah, incredibly, and so so here's this is sort of um, what I wanted to get to, especially when he goes back to they to to just sort of get through it in case you haven't seen it for whatever reason. Multiple things happen where they get together, they come apart. They get together, they come apart, and most of the times when they come apart, it's either her not going to a place they need to go to leave, or her running away. There's two sort of specific times for that. Yeah, and on the time where he runs away after they've been successful, but like he becomes a little bit of like a, a little bit more like he's like, oh my life figured out now I got my girl and now we're gonna make this music and I'm gonna get make deals and like this sort of thing and he becomes I believe she calls him out and says like you're less of a man than when yeah. you were in Poland or whatever. yeah so she goes back to Poland yeah he breaks down and is like no I need to go get her and then it turns out after that, one of those time jumps they catch him and they throw him in prison for 15 years yeah but but he but he he makes the conscious choice because he goes to the Polish embassy yeah and he's like I I want to go back and it's like and the the guy at the Polish embassy is like why would you want to leave this? You know, yeah. like what reason yeah, yeah, would you yeah. want to do? And this, uh, sorry, that amazing sequence where he like breaks down while he's playing jazz piano, uh -huh. and everyone just kind of stares at him. Yep. Ah, uh, I was yeah. like, that was real I, good. Yeah. Uh, but so the 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 thing that so they both do selfish things for one another and each other throughout the movie. Yeah. But the two unselfish things that and they each do one, in my opinion. Well, uh, and again, I'm going to say unselfish things for the other person right okay so because we could argue that everything that they're doing uh can hurt other people around them very much yeah he goes and he decides to go to prison to to try to find her kind of essentially it's a romantic ideal i yep. would die for you yeah she decides she needs to get him out of there mm -hmm. and the only way that she can do it is to work for cos uh i messed it up uh Kazmarek. yeah and not only that, like marry him and have a fucking kid with him. That scene baffled me. But she got him out. Yeah. And then she literally, and this is this is shitty for the kid. Yeah. Uh, she ignores him. She literally ignores him, and they run away. Yeah. It's it's a, that scene where she comes back from the the boingo boingo dance or the boingo boingo yeah. song or whatever, and she just stumbles past her husband and, and the, child and child. And she's like, boom, nope. Yeah. So like there are these, and that's why I wanted to make it very clear. It was, uh, it was selfless for the other person. Like there's, there's these two moments. It's, it, it, yeah. Okay. It, it's not. It's not like. It, she's not being altruistic toward everyone, of yeah. course, because she's fucking over a kid. Yeah. But like she did an incredibly difficult, uh, borderline sociopathic thing to save the man she loved. It's interesting because I, I, I feel like that. Could so the one thing about the other thing about this film that was like such a big selling point for me was like eighty eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like perfect run. <laughs> I was like I was excited by that. I was like eighty eight minutes. You mean I'll be home by eleven? 
oh my god, I'm gonna go see this thing twice. So I, I listen. I don't want to ever limit a filmmaker's um, uh, length of a film they want to make. Yeah. But I think you should also really know the story you're telling and only use the amount of time that you need to tell that specific story. And this film did that. I'm like, I'm all for like pre 90 minute movies these days. And I'm like, I'm like, imagine if Avengers uh, Endgame was like. Seventy minutes. I would be, I'd, be, I'd be so mad. I'd be, I'd be so, so ha- mad. No, I that I just want. So wanna, happy. Uh, I, wanna, I hope it's three hours long. <laughs> I would be so happy if that was the case. But, <laughs> um, but, but, but the reason I mentioned the time, like again, the selling, it was. A, I was like, oh, it's eighty-eight minutes. I'm so there. But the, but I think that story with, uh, oh God, Cosmorak. <laughs> 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 Why can't I do this? Cosmorak and his child. It's because there's a CZ and yeah. a K. Like yeah. it, it's, it's a very Polish thing, Cosmorak. Yeah. yeah. Um, the I felt like the narrative with the child could have been expounded, expanded because because the way the film kind of hurdles towards the finale, where spoiler alert, both characters decide to commit suicide and and kind of live together forever, or you know like in together forever, whatever yeah. that how you want to see that. I was like, oh, I think there there can be another whole beat here because, and I guess this is just personal experience, but. When someone has a child, the the mathematics of one's life changes profoundly, and and like in in the estimation of this film, the mathematics of that life didn't change after a child because and, because literally, and she's she's been this way her entire life. Yeah. She's willing to do anything to get what she wants, and it just happens to be at this point what she wants is to save somebody. I, I'm not saying that the film is wrong. I'm just saying that in my experience, it's 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 not quite that. And and I think there was an opportunity to kind of expand the story here a little bit. But I, I don't dislike what was done here. I just, I just, like, the, like if she had married Kazmarak hey. and, 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 you know, was just doing Boingo Boingo dances and, and, and came out and was drunk and said, I need to get out of here. I like no issue, you know. But like you yeah, I get, it. but it wouldn't have had the same, the same a character truth and b punch. Like I think, I think it's just a, it's a heavier like weight to throw. Where you're like, well, that is a big weight to kind of like just kind of glance. I think over. it is thematically uh, uh, the right way to go for the film, and also I actually really like that it wasn't a beat. It's meant to give you that gut punch of like, because before you're like, oh, she married him, he sh- she'd do anything. That's very generic rom-com-y. Uh, I, I, rom-com is like a phrase I would never use. But, but, no, no, but like that theme <laughs> of like, I'm going to marry the bad guy to make sure that the good guy gets, like th- that's, that's a very sort of like trite thing. <laughs> you throw a kid in that shit, and then you realize whole, holy fuck, like she would do and and I feel like any um any lingering on that would just be m- I just think it's a it's a chance to expand the complexity of the things she's done it and would also <laughs> there'd be a real hard way to have her not be damned the more time you spend on that <laughs> I no I like again I don't disagree I I liked the way the film hurtles towards its ending I think there was an opportunity to be more, and and I think it comes down to that sort of question I had at the, or that thing I said at the beginning, which is that despite the film being sort of set in the backdrop of a really tumultuous time where there are life or death situations, the characters feels like the characters feel like they're just making choices as freely as they would if they were living today, and and I think. Um, it's I, not. It's not that the that that the the weight of the things aren't happening. It's just the way that the film kind of operates, kind of feels that way to me. Now, I still really 
loved the film, and I still think the film is really beautiful. Um, I just, you know, like I wondered about the opportunity to expand the complexity of the push and pull between these two characters. I don't think I, I, I do disagree that the that they feel like they did it fluidly. Um I think the 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 structure of the film and the time jumps yeah. might give the film overall a bit of that. Might, it might be the case, yeah. Uh I do not think what happens to these characters outside of some of Victor's privilege to sort of be able to do what he wants is at all easy or or simple or or, or convenient choices uh, you know you know the one example of that that I think is uh is just kind of br- done so fluidly and and kind of just brushed aside very quickly is that you know Kazmarek? Kazmarek uh, says to him, "Oh, are you going to get back into playing the into composing now?" <laughs> yeah. And he raises his hand. It's just beat to shit. And he's like, uh, "Not really." And you're like, "Oh, the, you know, like his life in prison, not only you know was a terrible life in prison, but it also took from him yep. the thing that he is the greatest at." Uh, and it's just you know like like the kid. It's just kind of like it, in fact that one shot has so much like they both g- literally sacrificed everything to be able to die together. Yeah, and that's a and now let's now we talked about all the way to there. Yeah, the ending was fine. Yeah, uh, and it was it was thematically correct. It's, I this is the complexity question. Well, that no, I think, no, yeah. no. Now, so it went from this is the this is the only part to me that mm. felt tr- a little bit trite and less mm. complex than the rest of the film. After yeah. that scene, when they go to the church, that actually neither of them together no, have Kazmarek ever been to. Went yeah, yeah Kazmarek went there. He peed near it. <laughs> yeah, uh, they get. Uh, you know, uh, you know, insta married or whatever you want to call it, and yeah. then they take drugs and they go sit on a. Be- I do like the last shot. The last shot is beautiful, where they're yeah. sitting on a bench, sort of waiting to die. Yeah. Then they're like, "Let's go over here. The view's better." They walk off frame, and I was like, "That's pretty fucking good." But yeah. the concept what of it, it. What if they weren't killing themselves? What if they were just taking a lot of? LSD? They got real high. Yeah, they were just getting like we don't know. They yeah. could just be getting real high. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just that felt to me a little. Um, it's it, it escalated to a point of, uh, I I will use this term wrongly. Mm. It estimated it, it escalated to a, a place where it used to be something I felt like was very grounded in reality into a bit of farce to a romantic umpteenth degree. It's the I mean it is Romeo and Juliet kind of reconfigured you know a little yeah. bit more controlled. But, but, but Romeo but, and Juliet mm. works in the structure of it because of how like yeah. that, it, and that's yeah. and that's what I mean as well, which is that the the push and pull of the characters feels like it could have like we, if we saw for example the the depth at which she was unhappy other than just performing the song with her life with Cosmorak and her child then i think the the drive to suicide could have like could have could have you know cuz yeah i'll admit the ending uh, and this is a funny thing, my ramen-soaked brain. Yep. Uh, like, I didn't even realize what was happening until it happened. Because I, <laughs> I just, like, didn't... You're like, did they go get ramen? Yeah, yeah, no. And I just thought it was, like, a beautiful ending where, like, you know, like, she, uh, you know, she was like, let's go look at it from the other side. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, a, you know, like, we're seeing things let's from... Let's go different. look at it from the <laughs> and, and other it, side. And it was actually Zach who was, like, who, like, mentioned suicide at the end. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, the pills. <laughs> I was just a ramen-soaked few. Ramen. like, I didn't know why they ate all those Mentos after they got married. Is that a Polish thing? It actually, like, I was... I, this sounds ridiculous, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh, is that like part of the Polish marriage tradition?" Ah! <laughs> yep. they... And then you die. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Polish jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow. The 
yeah, it, uh, it 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 didn't feel the. It wasn't the best ending. And but here's here's what I'll say. I this think is, it's a romantic ending a romantic in the wrong ending. in the wrong possible way. In the wrong possible way. But it did help with that sweet runtime. Oh my god, eighty eight minutes. I was like, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. No, I don't see because I I I actually I guess I love that it was eighty eight minutes. But I think it could have been longer to. You know, and I've seen it twice now, and I still and I felt that way when I watched it the first time, and I felt this way when I watched it the second time. It is, it you know, like it, it this relationship has all the hallmarks of kind of the before midnight, you know, yeah. uh, or Blue yep. Valentine, or um, I was even thinking of another film, um, uh, like Crazy, the the Drake Dormus film with um and Anton, what is his name? He passed away. Anton Yelchin. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful film about these people who are basically separated by borders and who like have to find ways to like come together. And I think it has all those hormones, but I think I think the runtime does affect it a little bit because the the finale it's not it's not quite that it's not earned, but it does feel like there's more layers to this. But the other thing is, is the way that he set up the ellipses is that I can fill in the blanks, which is why it does, yeah. it, 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 which is why it plays, even if it doesn't feel satisfying, is that the ellipses that the film does allows, gives me a sort of a language to understand what the depth of this, of, yeah. of her, of her sadness could be. It's just because I haven't seen it. Um, so I think that the, that the film works, even though I don't, love where it goes i mean the ending is is the end uh, the 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 journey of this film is far more important than the ending uh well you know me and endings sometimes it can derail an entire enjoyment of a film this was not the case right it was it was on brand enough (laughs) to be like okay and i understand now why you go to doritos meetings by the way yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's on brand and then they ate all these doritos yeah uh, well, this is a great plug-in for Mentos, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is the fresh maker, the death maker. The death maker. Um, I don't know. I, I think you could cut a great uh, trailer for this as a Mentos commercial <laughs> with, with the death maker. Full of life. No. no. <laughs> uh, the, I don't know. Overall, great film. You should go see it. Uh, no matter who you are, I think you'll enjoy it. Even if this isn't sort of your normal cup of tea, foreign film, black and white, however you want to, you know, play it in that. If you want to look at it in the most broadest of brush strokes, um, I think it's awesome. And <laughs> it, it, it was, it was a real. Why is that funny? I don't know. It's just the way you're describing this like Polish meditation on life and death, and you're like, I think it's awesome. Is this something funny? I think it's funny. The story is awesome. Did it connect me with my (laughs) Polish ancestors? Absolutely not. Uh, But again, I don't think that's going to happen with one specific film. This Uh, is the second big major black and white film this year about memories and time in a in another country. In in, that's not uh, American. And I think I think the interesting thing is is that um, the it's just because the way you said you know foreign film there. I think that that boundary. Is getting broken a little bit, yeah. which, which is why you know, like Roma being Thanks, nominated, Netflix, for, yeah, being nominated for Best Picture, I think is great. And this is an Amazon, um, yep. Amazon original, so even though it was released in theaters, not Amazon Prime yet. No, it will be released in Amazon. It will, Prime. but yeah. Yeah. I like Amazon's model. I, I like yeah. all the models, but I do think that like <laughs> uh, the the thing of like here, we're gonna put this out in theaters for a month, yeah, and then we're just gonna give it to you if you're on Prime. Like that's yeah. that's cool. I mean, you're still paying for it, but I I, I think they have more. 
they have a more traditional view of like how to win awards yeah. rather than Netflix, which is trying to change the award system. Netflix is shifting the paradigm. Uh, Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> the Diff Maker. The d- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hot flaming Doritos in a cold. No, cold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 What's it? Win- not winter. I was going to say wintergreen Doritos. Wintergreen Doritos. Uh, cool Wretch. Polish Doritos. What? Oh, okay. That's a no. You could you could have like a tie in here. Polish. Pol- what are what are Polish Polish sausage Doritos? I don't know. Um, you you could, lost me. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I think I I do think this is a beautiful. I was I was definitely more taken by Ida or Ida um, as as a as a. I think I felt that story had a sort of depth of complexity to it that that was more effective for me. But for me, what Cold War did um, what the thing that the, the the way that Cold War works best is in the music. Like seeing this love story explored through the way that song transforms throughout their relationship um, is was very powerful to me. And it's and it's like and what I love about this film is it's like the relationship in this film is played out visually and symphonically with the audio with the with the music as well you know like and so the film is making you do a lot of work to fill in the gaps that i think that i think are there in the film but 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 the gaps are purposely there to allow you to kind of fill it up with rich and i yeah. think that's true the the thing is that i think that would be true for Paweł Pawlowski who's who's remembering the tumultuousness of his child of his of his parents but doesn't know the exact details he just knows these kind of like moments yeah um so i think it is despite me not absolutely connecting with the film i think it is a true tr- you know in the in the parlance of the cloud atlas it is the true true i was gonna say is it awesome uh everything is awesome if if we're gonna do the well that's all everything's only cool if you're part of a team yeah but everything is awesome and and this is the true true Okay. Uh, two questions before we go out. Well, yeah. one's a statement that I wanted to bring up. The other one's a question. Uh, the music you brought up a lot, and I, I really appreciate that. I loved the the uh, the cr- chronology of the music. By yeah. the time we get to rock around the clock, I yeah. was like, I see how we got here. Yeah, and that was well, very neat. Like just no, because we we went yeah. from Polish folk music from peasants, yeah, converting that into their own stage show, converting that into propaganda, converting that yeah. into sort of like loungy music, converting, and it was just like the but, nice, but rock around the clock is just the it's America, yeah, yeah. I, I understand that, but I'm saying like the we see the chronology. we see sort of like uh, the way music sort of changed as the story is going, and I liked that. I, you know what I liked about that is that we see the freedom that jazz yeah. has yep. for uh, for uh, Victor's character. Yep. Like he sees that there's a rigidity to the world that he is kind of like building, and when he goes to Paris. It's like he is embraces the world of yeah, jazz. Yeah, what he wants. yeah, yeah. And it's like he's like a regular Ryan Gosling. You know, one thing that I thought was really <laughs> cool as well. I was like, uh, in in the movie Green Book, you can tell when they do a face replacement for Mahashala Ali to to like do a piano player. Yep. Like like it was like very very obvious. Listen, start mm. callers are uh, VFX workers' best friends. But I didn't. Yeah, I, I I was like, it was very noticeable to me. Whereas this one, I. I, if if Thomas Cott can't play the piano, and this is a composite, I don't believe it's a composite or it's a it's a sort of a trick shot or something like right. that. It's incredible because there's a there's a couple of shots where we go up from the piano to his face, mm-hmm. and the way he's playing the piano, I was like, this guy's a virtuoso. Maybe he, he knows. You know, maybe he knows how to play the piano. That great. So I was uh, just seeing real piano playing. Yes, uh, was kind of amazing, and I think she's singing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you know, blows my mind. Yeah. So last question to you, kind of going back to the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you th- what do you think the meaning of the name of this film is and does it fit? So uh, I know we don't like to do this. Uh, but I'm going to call out the song that I, that we're going to use on this episode, uh, which is uh, Kia Victoria's song "Cold War," um, which is uh, Spotify pointed it as my like favorite song of 2016 and 17 is the the song I listened to the most. But the Cold War to me is the is this relationship. The Cold War is the push and pull between not just ideology, but but you know the things we will do for each other that Victor and Zula have to do. And I think it just happens to layer up against the fact that there is a, a Soviet Cold block. War Cold, period, yeah. yeah, Cold War period. So it double... It, I had I had no issues with the title at all. I think it was, uh, you know, if anything, a little too obvious, but... but uh, I can see that. I don't know if I'm... That's the best explanation that I've read or heard uh, so far. I... I I need to watch it again. I think uh, I I I just felt like it was very leading in the wrong. It was le- the name was leading for me in in a way that got me poised to experience a different thing. What would you appoint? What were you? Poised? I was expecting the honestly the Cold Warness to be more of a main character, and these are just two people that are swept up in it, as opposed to this. This is a character piece of just, I mean, the, the interesting things and the things this film revels in is the internal workings of these two people. Yeah. Again, against this this yeah. very complex backdrop. Um, so, I, But again, love is a battlefield, man. Uh, sure. <laughs> Wisdom! <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, no, that's a good, exa- that's a good uh, explanation, I think, so I'll, I'll watch it again with that in mind, and we'll yeah. see how it goes. Anyway, <laughs> this has been the only podcast about the film Cold War. Is that is that is that how you say it? Cold oh, War. You gotta add the up. Fresh Maker. <laughs> the the uh, Death Maker. <laughs> the Death Maker. Shahir, when you are not coming up with literally billion dollar <laughs> advertising ideas for small uh, oval shaped candies, where can folks find you? Uh, please don't consume <laughs> too many oval shaped candies because it'll lead to death. Apparently, uh, you can find me consuming too many <laughs> oval shaped candies. Too, uh, ramen flavored. Yeah, ramen. Oh, ramen mintos. <laughs> I'm all about the ramen right now, so you can ramen. Stay on target. Yeah, into my website. Oh, okay. That's S H A H I R D A U D. Noodle me this. No, none of that worked. The, the, none the, of the narrative pathway was a ball of noodles. Yeah, uh. <laughs> in, in that it was like all bundled <laughs> yeah, and yeah, messed yeah, up. Yeah. Uh, Matt, when you are uh, uh, taking part in a cold war between you and I, which is what this uh, podcast really is about. I'm just stroking your leg under the table here. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, <laughs> you can find uh, me engaging in 50% of our own personal Cold War at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor, the number four, P-R-E-Z on Instagram and Emperor MSK on Twitter. And, of course, please check out Extra Credits, all of the good work that everyone over there has been doing. We've been dropping some uh, some some fan-tabulous episodes. I think by the time this comes out, we'll be, we'll be uh, two or three episodes into the Irish potato famine. Okay. Uh, Two things have happened. One, got really into that historical period. Yeah. Two, I eat baked potatoes for lunch every day now. (laughs) Uh, There's nutritional value. There is a lot of nutritional value in potatoes. So uh, stay healthy, and we will see you. I guess so. A potato chip. Is a potato chip count? Like a Doritos? Like, like a, a ramen-flavored like, Dorito? A ramen-flavored Polish and, sausage Dorito. And also, Doritos are corn. 
Are they? Well, they're supposed to be corn. They're <laughs> definitely not potatoes. Oh, okay. Um, but regardless, that sounds like a delicious snack. Uh, <laughs> and I will research and develop that. And yeah. hopefully by the time we come back next week, we can all be sharing in that disgusting treat. Yeah, why aren't there Doritos here, by the way? I don't know. They haven't paid their fucking dues yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.